Hey Pop DNA fans, Rhonda here. We are so excited to finally get to share with you this bonus interview with Emrys and Luthien of Girls with Sabres. We had a great chat with them, mostly about some psychological insights into Star Wars characters and a couple of other really interesting topics. So I hope you enjoy. So today we're joined by a couple of special guests from the podcast Girls with Savers, Emrys and Luthien. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Great. Really good. We've been really excited um, to chat with you. Um, we really love the work that you're doing um, and really got excited about this opportunity. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Yes. Yeah, so if you guys um, want to just take like a moment to just like tell us about your podcast tell us about girls with sabers um what kind of content people can expect and where uh we can find it well girls with sabers is mostly on youtube we are planning on expanding to other podcast type channels like iTunes, Google Play, but right now you can mostly see us on uh, YouTube. But we do podcasts as well as video essays and video edits. Um, Both Luthie and I have backgrounds in literature, art, music, theater, and psychology. So we look at pop culture, especially literary and film, and analyze what's going on in, in the subtext, what kind of allusions and references they're making, and do a deep dive analysis into the richer meanings of what's around us in multimedia. Most right now, our <laughs> videos are all about <laughs> Star Wars and Raylo, but yeah. it's, been, it's been planned uh, from the beginning to branch off into other uh, literature and movies. And so we are ready to spread our wings and start doing some new, <laughs> some new sources right now. Sure. That's awesome. Yeah. What a cool place to start, you know, like yes. to branch off from everyone. Yeah. So would you say that like, so obviously you're both Star Wars fans. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so we, what we like to ask everyone is about like your first experience that you had with that work. So like your, or I guess like your history with Star Wars. Luthien Twin, do you want to start on this one? <laughs> yeah, I'll start. Um, hi everyone. I'm Luthien. Hi. I'm other half of Girls of Sabers, my wonderful partners, Emmer, who was just speaking about our lovely people. Um, I've always been into, uh, you know, fandoms and, and that sort of thing. Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. That sort of thing. Love yeah. the love fantasy dramas, like high fantasy too. Any any which way I could get it, I, I loved it. And for Star Wars, my older brother was really into it and my mom remembers taking him and said okay when you know my girls are are old enough I'm gonna show it to them and not that my dad wouldn't but my dad was working and busy and stuff and so my mom I remember going to the video store like those existed swear to god (laughs) those existed and we got the VHS of A New Hope and watched it and, and I was probably 
eight, seven or eight. Um, so it was the super, super early nineties. And yeah, I watched it and I was just mesmerized. And from then on, it was, it was, I would say more than a casual fan because I just loved watching the trilogy. So like, we'd always have it on. If it was on TV, I'd always stop and watch it. Yeah. Um, it was not until later down the road that I started like dabbling in some of the legends content because really that's all we that's all we had right yeah and then this thing called the lord of the rings happened (laughs) (laughs) i was like what star wars (laughs) (laughs) i lost my love for star wars but it's just like lord of the rings hooked me and i was in it and i mean (laughs) in it holy cow so but you know definitely uh the sequel trilogy really heightened my awareness again for Star Wars and how awesome it is and just seeing the the love story that was Raylo really kind of like struck me like man I wonder if anyone else sees this too and I and I saw it in 2015 and then I'm like oh, I don't have time to go online and do this stuff <laughs> and so I'm like Wow, I you know I shipped Raylo. Didn't even know that it had a name. Didn't even know it was just <laughs> lifecraft of, of a ship uh, until 2018 or 2017 into 2018. And then when I saw the Last Jedi, I was just like, oh my god, oh my god. And I went online, and the rest is history. Met Emrys and talking, talking, talking. She, we had each other at uh, John Williams is this generation's Wagner. (laughs) (laughs) And so a couple months after we started talking, that was January, I think uh, December, January of of 2017 and 18. She then asks, Hey, you want to, you want to do something? I got something planned. And I was like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll freaking do it. I don't care. Like I'll I'll do it. And girls with snipers was started. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So always a geek. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Well, and, that, <laughs> and that's like the the Lord of the Rings movies. Those were all coming out and really big around the same time as the Star Wars prequels. Yes. I think like it was that same like early 2000s. So that's interesting that there is like that <laughs> tension between <laughs> Lord of the Rings and Star Wars fans. <laughs> like you had to choose sides. Right, right. <laughs> Pardon me. Yes. Because um, the Phantom Menace was, sorry, getting over a, a cough. Um, oh, 1999, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the Fellowship of the Ring was 2001. And then uh, Attack of the Clones was 2003, 2002, because yeah, what? Revenge of the <coughs> Excuse me. So they all swirled yeah. around each <laughs> And then, of course, you had Lord of the Rings winning all the Oscars in 2003, uh-huh. and here's Star Wars. <laughs> 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 As George like, oh, Peter Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, if only. Uh-huh. <laughs> he doesn't care about Oscars. That's what he told Charlie Rose. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> okay. 
Anyway. Okay. Okay, George. Right. <laughs> deep down, you wanted at least one. Um, I heard you mention that um, you, and I've seen your work um, that you connect to psychology. Can you tell me kind of how that idea got started? Where you like, I mean, it's obviously so in the material, but what was your kind of on point for that conversation? Um, well, I, I have a, an English education major. That was my major. And so I had to take a lot of classes on adolescent sure, sure. psychology. Um, and that is Star Wars. It's yeah. the journey of adolescence into maturity. So when I was watching Ray and Kylo, I was like, oh, Luthien, <laughs> we have to talk about this. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And so. I studied any of this since, <laughs> since my uh, my dabble in, in college. And I'm just <laughs> like, you're going to take the lead on this one. But uh, I, well, I can research like a champ. <laughs> and it was all started. I had taken two classes, but it all like was coming coming back to me and I'm like oh okay 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 and then the more I researched about it I'm just like holy cow like this is really this could be a big series yeah. and definitely I mean we did raise psychology but we really honed in on Kylo slash Benz and that's still our biggest I mean we still have numbers crunching for those series especially volume four and five or three and four um that was a really fun series yes. to do mm-hmm. and it didn't you feel like work <laughs> absolutely <laughs> most, oh my God. yeah most of that conversation came very organically we just happened to be having a plan recording and then we want, went on into what we call squirrel tangents, like the mm-hmm. dog and up, like squirrel. And we just started talking <laughs> about the psychology of Kylo Ren. So most of that podcast was, or those four podcasts was a four hour long discussion yeah. that two friends just had. That's um, amazing. And yeah, that's, that's, we happened that's to, to record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you've mentioned that when you're, when you're talking about the psychology, um, you said that you don't use Myers-Briggs so much as you do um, the Kiersey temperaments. Yes. Um, so where do you see, so, so you've, um, you've talked about Ray and Kylo Ren. Have you talked about any other characters and where they fall into that? We talked about Luke because in okay. that temperament sorter uh, series, we, we saw uh, on Crate a, a dynamic of two very wounded, very, um, I would say, both of them are stuck in a period of mental illness. And Luke is just stepping out of his and trying to extend the hand of restoration to the one that he wounded, um, Ben. So we, we were talking about how Crate is how um, an INFP and how we see Kylo Ren as an INTJ, how they both react while confrontation of, of a person who sees himself as a victim and one who was the um, person that was about to victimize another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, I, I mean, Luke has the purest heart, I think, of almost anyone in 
in a Star Wars character. But even the purest idealist, which is what an INFP, an INFP is an idealist healer, like the person who longs to do good and to heal society and to heal people. Even those people have darkness in them and have moments of weakness. And that's what it was when when Luke pulled out that lightsaber. It was a momentary moment of weakness that was almost instantaneous. Like he didn't even think it out. It was just a knee jerk reaction, but he still traumatized his nephew. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh, so he was going out on crate as a way of helping his sister, helping the resistance, but also healing that breach and apologizing to his nephew of, I realize I failed you. I realize I wounded you and I'm sorry. So uh, we did talk about those two. And then we talked about the Raylo um, issue of what does it look like when an idealist and a rational get together and they're considered in cursey, they're considered the revolutionary couple because the rational has all the ideas, all the visions, but he needs an idealist to communicate those visions and capture the heart of the people to carry it forward. Um, So why I use cursey is it is more based on observations of people's behaviors than it is internalizing. So I find that more helpful um, than Myers-Briggs. Now, Kirsty was a student of Myers-Briggs. He just Mm -hmm. felt like um, observations are more factual data than asking someone to see inside of themselves and you seeing somebody else's insides. I mean, it's just looking at people's, um, you know, what they say and what they do. And I find that very helpful in terms of analyzing a character. Because if you, no matter if you are analyzing literature or analyzing art or analyzing music, there is psychology baked into all of the arts. Sure. Absolutely. So yeah, I find cursy temperament just like a, a nice way of dissecting this character. Even when I'm playing them um, or acting out a role, I will look at the cursy temperament as like a, a blank template of, okay, this is my, this might be where the character is. I really, yeah, I really love that about, um, it's just easier to take that kind of data, you know, and then yeah. use that to inform. I really love that. And Kirstie ha- helped me so much. Um, Kirstie helped me to understand myself. Sure. And it helped me understand people in my family. <laughs> my dad, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, my dad is an awesome guy, but we have the opposite letters. Um, oh, interesting. But, and so uh, we, we both had a hard time understanding each other. And so I read his temperament and all of a sudden I understood what he was trying to say to me and how I needed to understand him. And that was David Kersey's book, Please Understand Me. And my perceptive perception of him held. Um, So I am an adamant, (laughs) passionate (laughs) follower of Kersey because of just my own experience. Sure. Um, So I don't know as much about Kersey, so I'm kind of, uh, just wondering, do the Kiersey temperaments have, like, 
do they like correspond pretty closely with the Myers Briggs? They or? have exact same letters. Oh, they do. Okay, gotcha. exact same letters. Okay. It's just instead of uh, the knee and the fay and and that, it's more of the separate functions are um, singular letters, and then you tie them together of how introvert, extrovert, uh, intuitive, um, sensory, thinker, filler, and gender perceiver, how those mixtures of letters um, are seen in the behaviors of a person. Okay. Yeah. So like if I'm an INFP, then does that make, does that mean like I definitely have the same like Kiersey temperament as all INFPs? Is that yes. how that works? Okay, yes. gotcha. Um, you know, at like Myers Briggs calls the INFP, I think the dreamer. Kersey okay. um, calls them the idealist um, healer because he sees them as wanting to heal people. He sees them as wanting to heal themselves and extend it outwards because of all the INFPs he studied. Um, that seemed to be the core mark of their behavior. Kersey also looks at how people communicate. That's how he assigns. He stresses more the intuitive and sensory because mm-hmm. since he's observing actions and what people say, um, he's looking at, do you communicate more with senses of what you experience, what you think, what you feel, uh, what you like the concrete ways or are you more abstract, you know, ideals, um, right. things that you can't touch and see, which is intuitive. Sure. So, it, and that's how he grouped things. He grouped things by NT, which are rationals, intuitive mm-hmm. thinkers, NFs, which are intuitive fillers, and then S, um, SJ, sensory perceivers, and SJ, which are sensory judgers. So his... He, he, like, really emphasized on the N's and the S. You know, how is your main frame of communicating? So I'm sorry if that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I just think that that opens so many doors in terms of character analysis. You know, that's mm-hmm. really exciting. Yeah. Especially, uh, like, when two characters are in interaction with each other. Right. And seeing how- that probably illuminates a lot in seeing how that relationship plays out. A lot of our viewers, because we we saw Kylo Ren or, um, and it's all a matter of opinion. Like none of this is a fact. <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, it's all analysis, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, we paid Kylo as an INTJ and a lot of our viewers were like, no, he's an idealist. He's a feeler. He's an NF. And I was like, I think that's been solo peeking out. I think there were dual personalities and Kylo Ren was the rational and Ben Solo was the filler. And they just, um, that's why he was conflict. He wanted to kill his heart. He wanted to kill his father's heart. So he tried to focus in on the mind so much. Um, I I don't know. We, Luthien, do you remember that debate? Are you there, friend? <laughs> I'm here. Uh, I I barely remember that time in my life. It was. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. Like it. That whole series just kind of catapulted us, and 
we were so locked down into, okay, what do we talk about next in this series? And, but I do remember the comments we were getting, like Emra said, oh, well, he's an idealist and this, this and that. And, (laughs) and I had to keep telling Em, like every comment, like we just got to make a a note, like pin this comment where it's like, this is the cursy temperament sorter. And, you know, this is just speculation analysis. (laughs) Like we're not, not pegging him, but we, you know, we also had to say, this is also, we're dealing with technically two different people here. So we're going to see those, those mannerisms flip flop back and forth. Uh, But yeah, that was, that was also just kind of like this whirlwind time for our channel and Uh some of it's like really coming in strong and the others, like, where did that go? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I find it really interesting. So, it's, okay, so I have a question. So, I, uh, I don't know, quite a while ago found, like, it's kind of an alignment chart with the different Myers-Briggs um, temperaments and, like, what Star Wars characters match with all of them. And that had Palpatine as an INTJ as yes. well. So, I'm wondering, is are all Sith INTJ? Is that like a prerequisite? Uh, There's a quote that I found on a meme that INTJs hear the most. You would make a great (laughs) supervillain. And they are ruled so much by logic. That's that's Uh the main function. They're like masterminds. Right. Logic in the plan. If people's feelings get in the way of my plan, well, those people can get out of my way. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much them. So in science fiction, you see people like um, like the Daleks and Doctor Who, like right. let's oh, sure. kill everything that has emotion, everything that's not like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you have, you go, oh, I can't. Uh-huh. Um, but you you have a lot of those villains who are like, it's my master plan. I'm the mastermind. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, that's even a DreamWorks animated movie. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they're, they're so rash, rational that it's either their plan or nothing. Like they are superior. Well, that's a toxic rational. That's a uh-huh. person who has gone to the other side of things um and the I, dark I do, side you might yeah say. <laughs> I, and, and kirstie makes that a, there's a dark side of every single oh sure yeah. every single type but because rationals so love the mind they can get lost in their own i mean there's that their ego and themselves can completely take over yeah that's that's interesting to me as well because my boyfriend is an INTJ, so that's, I, I'm pretty sure at least. So are, now, are you? Did you say you were an INFP? I am. Yeah, I'm an INFP too. <laughs> High five. <laughs> um, and the my all my boyfriends have been. Uh, that sounds like all of them. All of them. <laughs> um, I, I promise, I'm not that much uh, bad, but. Uh, <laughs> mine have been INTJs as well and that's interesting rationals and idealists um have this chemistry with each other 
and it's called the the great misunderstanding or something where okay. um, rationals meet idealists and they hear the abstract they they hear they're in they're intuitive and they think oh my goodness I found another rational that this mm-hmm. person actually has a logic behind her feelings or his feelings and his emotions and they can help me capture the people so they see idealists as super rationals and then the idealist um, here's the rational think through and analyze and have a plan and they're like oh my gosh these are super idealists because they know how to move my plan into action and help people so it's like they have the same kind of communication but different mm-hmm. motivations and they can I, I really I, I really think that there's some strong meaning in that that rationals and idealists have a special connection because oh we speak like, the same language this is I like illuminating that. my life right now <laughs> <laughs> this makes so much sense because <laughs> i i would have these and, and probably you have these intjs who will give you the look of death <laughs> <laughs> and then they'll open their their mouths and then they'll share the most deep analytical wise words and as an idealist I just start falling for their wisdom and their philosophy. So um when and we did that we we see Ray as very much an idealist because um she we were wondering if she's an X and FP. Um X stands for ambivert, which mm-hmm. means that you can flip from being an introvert extrovert. Um oh, okay. And we see her doing that a lot. She can be in solitude, like she was in Jakku, or she can just light up when she sees people. So um, but we see that uh we see that in her where she is very much a healer um i think she's the same personality as luke she's an infp she has definitely skills um she wants to heal people um infps and healers in um cursey are called like the princesses or the magicians and fairy tales where they come in and they just want to save everyone but they're very impulsive (laughs) Uh (laughs) and and the last Jedi in that deleted scene like she sees the fire on the island that she automatically thinks you know I need to go save the day but actually it's a party so you know Uh have um I just I just see that and right Luthien what do you think I agree (laughs) (laughs) well she's so impulsive and you just gave the example that that I would have given if you hadn't brought it up. I mean, <laughs> that whole that, that whole deleted scene is Luke telling her, "You cannot be this impulsive," and because you know, he's you have the to, same way, you know, and he's her. learned exactly. Yeah, but that's also got that impulsivity has gotten her out of so much trouble right uh many times before so it certainly has its advantages but again there's that balance of the give and take and that's i feel what luke was trying to tell her sure yeah and he was also learning a bit of that more himself as well 
I love that too because I feel like that's so realistic that like an introvert would observe details that then you can use to be spontaneous and just make decisions quickly. You know, it's um, makes for really interesting action sequences. Obviously, I I would love to hear more uh, about what you were talking about with the um, the maturation of like from child to adulthood because I'm a uh, I specialize in child psychology, so it's kind of my whole life. Yeah, um, and I would love to hear more of your thoughts about how um, characters develop over just the expanse of time we're given with this Star Wars universe. If you had any thoughts on that, or if there's like a favorite character you've done that arc with, or yeah, Em and I discussed uh, not in super 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 great detail, but we did discuss the journeys that all the characters, especially the sequel trilogy characters, sure. took in, in their in their origins. Uh, ben being uh, subjected to the darkness, even in Leia's womb. So that was even pre-birth. Sure. Ray from a very early age, and obviously we found out her origin story, but from a very early age, what little we did know about her, but it was fraught with with peril and yeah. just abuse and neglect and this that the other thing Finn as well being stolen and taken from yeah. the stormtrooper program Phasma, Hux um, Paige and, and Rose uh, being brought up uh, you know definitely having a little bit of life but that was fraught with uh, uh, a bit of tumult in, <laughs> in their early childhood so all these children are products of war and politics. And it really, once you dive into that, it really is interesting to see all of their maturation journeys and the different roads that they took. Absolutely. In, yeah. in it. um, and it's very, it's very sad and disheartening. Yeah. When, when you see that, obviously you see, a Ben's journey and you look at Hux and Phasm you're like oh my god yeah. even Poe losing yeah. his mother and sister uh, you know before he was 18 years old um, that's, and you know we find out his his shady past um, you know you, you look at all this and you're just like god I mean this is the product of war yeah, and mm-hmm. war that's raging on and off for a millennia. I mean, it's right. just, yeah. it's just very, very sad to see, but interesting in terms of this, yeah. this universe. And, and again, like I said, I'm just regurgitating it, what paths they all took. Right. I love that. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like so much of early childhood psychology has to do with adverse childhood experiences yes. and how those yeah. play in, um, to how you grow, even um, in terms of like bodily, like if you're healthy or not physically. Um, And I think that it's so important that that's interwoven into Star Wars because those are all things that most of us grapple with, you know? So I I just think it's really powerful that such a huge story that has all of those years um, of expanse um, took the time to include adverse childhood experiences. I think that's really powerful. 
I also think there's some post-traumatic stress disorder that oh, for sure, yeah. both Kylo and Ray, and I think that was almost a bonding moment to them. Is sure, it, it, Kylo has been abused from the womb, yeah, uh, by Sidious. You know, Luthien just brought that up, and he was further. I mean, he was. I I, I compared him to a bonsai tree. I mean, wow. yeah, uh, Snoke really stunted his growth. Sure. And I almost made him codependent, longing for acceptance. I mean, that's that's the whole reason Kylo Ren was born, was this longing for acceptance. And he felt never included. And Rey was on survival mode. She was never even allowed to be a child. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a daily experience of... I, I have to I have to survive. I, I read in the visual dictionary that um, if she did not, I mean, sometimes Ukar Plant would send his men to to give her a very violent lesson. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. I just I, I guess I'm just appalled by that. Yeah, right. It, yeah. And we can't show that in a children's movie, of course. But sure. still. Um, I wish people who call her or called her a Mary Sue would just look at, okay, this is what a movie can't show you, but look at the atmosphere and the environment that this yeah. little girl mm-hmm. yep. had to live through. Yeah. Uh, and she can't even remember her parents. And, yeah. and what does it mean to be isolated and abandoned and, and how that does carry into your adolescence when you don't know your identity, you look everywhere for it yeah. and i think that's why it's so beautiful that mirror scene is what are mirrors and fairy tales uh, a, a girl looks in the mirror to find herself i mean that's mm-hmm. what milan says <laughs> yes <laughs> who is that girl i see <laughs> or the, yeah. the evil stepmother in snow why i mean she's looking mm-hmm. for affirmation that's why girls take selfies yeah <laughs> So she she looks in the mirror and she sees but herself. And yeah. although that is is so hurtful, in some ways that is affirming. Girl, you did it. Right. <laughs> you raised yourself and you survived. And that takes a person of extreme strength and character to yeah. get through like that and to keep your heart intact. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I I think. I, I just, there's so much power to raise character. Yeah. We're fans. Yeah. And even <laughs> like, like you were saying, her ability to move past, like just that survival mentality. Cause if you're on that, um, in that mentality, you can't experience relationships with other people, even friendships or anything. Cause you're stuck yeah. just in survival mode. So the fact that she was able to fight out of that um, is just remarkable and really amazing we all love her yes it's yeah. something i feel that ryan johnson really felt and mm-hmm. took to heart and i just don't think jj and chris terrio understood it okay yeah um, <laughs> especially, we've you know, talked I'm, about this too <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I could go on a, a whole other uh railroad track of just uh, <laughs> Annihilated dumpster fire, but uh, <laughs> sure, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, just totally bad. But I will say, you look at Ryan Johnson the way he constructed her outfits, her hair, 
the way she looked, he literally sent her off in a coffin pod to die and be reborn. He truly understood where her, what, at least for his film, what her journey needed to be. Mm -hmm. And he got the isolation so much that he puts her in a hut and all she has are this, 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 this blanket and the clothes she's wearing and the person that she literally in the book, it says she thought, you know, the person she needed is Luke, but he wasn't here. And who is the person that's here for her? The last person she thought it's Kylo Ren. And he's the one there. And he tells her, you're not alone. And she doesn't spit fire back at him. She says, neither are you. And that's bam. That's it. (laughs) Truly, truly feel that Ryan did, does still understands Ray. Mm-hmm. gets gets the very fiber of who she is and who she needed to become. I think that stayed very surface level for JJ and Chris, yeah. which is mm-hmm. a shame. And you can say, oh, her hair went back in the three buns because it needs <laughs> to, you know, you know, with the whole uh, Carrie Fisher Leia thing, you know, it needed, it needed continuity and it made shooting scenes better. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fine. That's fun. I get it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw her outfit, I'm like, okay, well, she's in white. Well, she's the goddess. And I could, again, go on a totally different roller track with this. But the hair, when you look at it, in The Force Awakens, her hair is the three very childlike buns, one, mm-hmm. two, three, and they're all separate. When you see her hair in this, they are all connected. It's more refined. It's... Mm-hmm. Um, not she as got some bobby pins or something, <laughs> right? So it's it's a bit more it's it's more mature. It's yeah, more sure. mature. She has to hang down, very mature. I really did feel. Um, I wish we could have fleshed this film out more, where she had her. Even though you could say she had a Leia moment in in the Last Jedi with her hair hair kind of down but I wish we would have gotten that in the rise of Skywalker where she has the Leia and the Padme moment of her hair fully being down love is expressed she has found her and in, in comfortable in her womanhood and you know you can you can say well she doesn't need to do all that to find that it, you know you'd be correct um but I wish there was more continuity. The prequels were barely even mentioned. Right. So, yeah. But I, I would have loved to see Ray. It doesn't have to be that you're came from a Palpatine. Right. You know, you, yeah. Yeah. Or Ryan saying she was a nobody. Uh huh. Was the most powerful thing she could have heard in that moment. Yeah. Absolutely. So many we heard after the film said we love Ray from Jakku we we love that she was a nobody because it means mm-hmm. that you don't have to be you know powerful like to have this legacy lineage to be powerful in the force and that was right. all of Bro- Broom Boy stood for but I that's why I love Ray is because all she was was the the force's answer yeah to Ben 
crying out for help. You know, I'm I'm done. I probably want I I don't even remember what the original question was. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Um, But that's such, that was, I agree, like, that was such a powerful moment that Mm -hmm. she comes from nobody. Um, And I think, well, something that Aaron and I talked about in our episode um, was the heroine's journey and how that differs from the hero's journey and that it's Mm -hmm. more intrinsic and internal. And we felt like The Last Jedi really understood that Ray was on this internal journey, not just the external. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was like such a powerful uh, moment, I think. Yeah, what's beautiful about all that is um, in our, we took Ray and Ben through Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. <clears throat> and we did reference the heroine's journey for Ray and, you know, with Maureen Murdoch. But we really, really felt that being the, well, when we did it, they weren't called the dyad yet, but But we knew there was something though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That their journeys are woven into both that there were, you know, it's this yin yang principle of the masculine and the feminine winding around each other and swirling into this, you know, even though it's more, it's the dyads more profound than that. But that's why people are like, oh no, it's the hero's journey. Oh no, it's the heroine's journey. Well, it's both. Right. They're yeah. both wrapping around each other to where they're, each character is hitting these points on each circle. You're like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it's both. It's both. Yeah. Both Ben and Ray are hitting their points in each circle on feminine and masculine masculine side. That's why they resonated with so many people, men and women. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. had we had men come out of the woodwork on our <laughs> channel talking about, oh God, you know, I'm I'm out. I love I love it. I love Raylo. And we're all, and Emma, <laughs> the night going into the theater with a Raylo shirt on. And one of the guys said, oh, God, Raylo. And the guy next to him, you know, hits him and goes, just, you know, come on, we're all trash. Like, at the end of the day, we're all trash. Like That was my favorite know. part of all yeah. going to the Rise of Skywalker was that one comment from that guy. <laughs> it's like validation. Yeah. That was so funny. Validation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's been, it was fun. It's It's very fun. Even... Even though Em and I, there were moments we loved at the Rise of Skywalker. There were certainly moments we didn't enjoy. <laughs> but it's still fun Same. wrapping our minds around their relationship. Yeah. And where did it go from here? It, it's it's awesome. And what points did they hit on those circles in their own journeys? It's so it's so interesting. Yeah. I think they both not only did the both of them together, but I think I think Disney definitely underestimated their power together yeah. and Ben Solo's power, the power that they'd have with the, with the the fans for yeah, good or for bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was a lot that was missed, yeah. like missed opportunities. Yeah, 
We were kind of talking of, oh, we, we talked a lot about this in, in our episode. Um, if there was one major change you oh, could make, yeah. what do you think it would be? Like, granted, there are many changes, I think, um, we, that could have been made. But if you had one that you could go in and you could do right now, what would it be? Well, we haven't even talked about this. So <laughs> well, I mean, we've just been so, like, shell-shocked. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think I'm completing. Uh, I'm sorry, Lucian. Do you want to do this? I... No, I'm curious as to what you're going to say. Uh, the I think that, um, and a lot of people have said this. Ray went on a sexual awakening in the Last Jedi, um, and I really wish we could have seen the fulfillment of that. Uh, and so the fulfillment is Raylo. I mean, Ad- Raylo was the adolescent relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Ray was the shy teenage girl yeah. um, looking for identity, and Kylo was the the um, the 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 boy who doesn't know how to say to a girl that he loves her without being toxic and manipulative. <laughs> and <laughs> so you never saw these two actually mature in that. Um, they just kind of went back into themselves and, and kind of went back into some of their more um, adolescent type of behavior. I would have loved to see a conversation with them where um, Ben is like, you know, uh, you refused me. You shut the door on me. And I understand why. And I'm going mm-hmm. to be a better man. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm a better man. And it's all because of you. That's what Darcy said to Elizabeth. I would have been the same (laughs) entitled prideful man. If it weren't (laughs) for you to say to my face, I would not have given a thought of being married to you because you didn't behave like a gentleman. Um, And I would have loved to see Ray, like Luthien said, with her hair down, because that's the sign of fertility. Uh, The woman ready to give herself to love and said, yes, now that you're a mature man and you are committed and habitually changed, I am ready for that relationship. So the door is now open wide because now we're both two healthy individuals and we can save the universe, the galaxy together because we are a power couple and we can show what men and women do when they're working together side by side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's my major change, which is basically let's redo the whole movie. <laughs> just make it just redo it and make it Pride and Prejudice. Just yeah. like go full right. space Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, it was a major regression from all the journey that we saw through The Last Jedi. It was like, yes. And then just regression in The Rise of Skywalker. Um it was it was really disconcerting. Like really? Like yeah it's like what the heck happened yeah. i there are so many missed opportunities um so it's like for me where do i even start <laughs> um like hello ben and lando together oh my god um where did you get that blaster because it looked like lando's just saying right now <laughs> toys are us yeah yeah <laughs> stopped on the way uh, you know. um, what i really wish we could have seen was Ben's Henry V moment. Oh, where, yeah. Where His Prince Hal moment. Yes, yeah. where he to his own and he stops being Prince Hal and he becomes 
who he was born to be and Henry V. And he he throws that saber away his old life and he just becomes Ben Solo, his father's son, but yet his mother's son, Ben Skywalker Solo. And I feel what we got from Ben Solo was mm. awesome. Wasn't enough. Ow. We want him to go to the resistance and say, hey, I need a lift. Like, <laughs> we need to get, <laughs> need to get, get me to Exegol because I need this help save Ray. <laughs> and this moment where he... He has the St. Crispin speech where yes. the man, he who fights with me today shall be my brother. Uh-huh. And as of right now, let's put the past behind us and let's fight for this galaxy. Like what happened to that? Like it's one of the first leaks we heard. And it was talking about Kyle, Supreme Leader Kylo Ren being a benevolent ruler and half of the resistance is like, why the heck are we fighting this guy? Like, this is actually... <laughs> and then the other is like, oh, you know, we should be listening to Poe Dameron, but, oh, okay. So, so where internal, like, where is that internal conflict within the resistance? We yeah. got a little bit yeah. of it between Poe and Ray, and then, of course, like, the complete sideline of Rose. Urgh. Yes. But, yeah. I'm still was, angry. Like, really That's what I'm and, most like, angry about, I think. <laughs> Finn's confrontations with Rose in the film, it felt like a slight. Like, mm-hmm. what the heck is with this dialogue? Even the way John Boyova portrayed Finn acting oh. towards Rose in the film irritated me to no end. Oh. I'm like, oh, dude, sit down. So anyway, but I wish <laughs> Ben had those moments where he was literally, he totally had the dice in his hands. Or at one moment, like, Ray always carried them with her because that's carrying the hope that Ben Solo will yeah. return. Like, what if Ray had the dice? And when she said, I wanted to take your hand, Ben's hand, and then she places the dice. I wish I could have written this whole freaking thing. Oh. Like, she, the dice in his hand. So now he's literally holding the dice that was only a projection <laughs> in The Last Jedi. Like, where am I? Like, give me a pen. Give me a pen. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's really a lot of missed opportunities. I feel a lot of them were with Ben Solo. The fact that we didn't see him the latter half of this film, um, you know, to see him becoming that that solo, that yeah. that boy into the man, where and we got it. Like I said, we got it a bit. You know, if he's <laughs> I can't remember whose edit this is, but it's brilliant. It might have been Ray Kenobi. But she puts that whole sequence of him running onto Exegol to uh, I Need a Hero. Oh, my God. But really, like, we needed that awesome, like, 80s montage of yeah. just him flying the Falcon. And, you know, we got it, but it was just, it wasn't enough. And obviously, how many, how many fans agree that it just wasn't enough and we want more Ben Solo. That's really all they want. You realize that you love Ben Solo more than you love Raylo. <laughs> like, I didn't even know that was possible, but oh my god. I love Ben Solo. Ben, I love you, Ben. <laughs> you love it. You want more of him. So yeah, I definitely... Yeah. yeah. So then is Hux Falstaff? We felt that Paul was <laughs> Staff. Poe is lost half. No, yeah, no. Huge uh, um, video on this. Where, oh, okay. Ooh, yeah, Poe po was the. Um, he was Hotspur. 
Poa's Hotspur. Oh, yeah. Oh, Poa's Hotspur. Hotspur. Yeah. And then yes. at Snoke was Falstaff. Snoke was Falstaff. Okay. Because right. I, I so wanted yeah. him to have that mentality of, I do, I will. As in, I will banish you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, that's that. another one too. Hawks just getting completely like blown to bits. Like his whole arc was just snatched and stomped on. Oh. That was weak. I hated that so much. <laughs> I seriously thought Hawks was going to be the mouth of Sidious. Like, forget Ian McDermott. Like, I get why you brought him back in. Fine. But it's like you could have had Hawks have this. Like, everyone thinks he's this, like the bastard son of Brendel. No, he's legit probably a Palpatine. He could have, and that's why he hated the Force. But it's like now he found a scientific way to completely embody the Force. And he's going to, like, yoink it from Ray and Ben. And he's everything they hate. And he's the mouth of Sidious now, like the mouth of Sauron. And he could have totally had this amazing arc. <laughs> and then, uh, what's his face? Just shot him. I'm just like, you know, ugh. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he had the British accent, which, you know, all Palpatines yeah. have British accents. So <laughs> the red hair. Yeah. And I call even the stuff in the comic was is alluding to that there's something going on. Like the way he looks at Ben in some of the comics, he knows Ben's backstory. He knows who Kylo Ren really is and who his parents are. Like it could have told ugh ugh. <laughs> I've yeah, we've had a long we had a long, long talk about yeah. <laughs> all of our all of our disappointments. <laughs> that was kind of a loaded question, friends. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no we could, we could go four hours it. on this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we could do an entire podcast just on what was wrong with the rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there were good well, things. There were definitely good. Thing yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we're starting to talk about those. Yes, <laughs> yeah, slowly but surely. <laughs> and you know, I also think that like over time, we'll it'll kind of settle, and we'll, you yeah. know, we'll see. We'll be able to watch the trilogy as a whole, and it maybe won't feel so disjointed if you can sure. kind of see all of it together. At least I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, there were so many emotions. <laughs> so many. Yeah, yes. it would be interesting so to watch So many them. feelings. Yeah. <laughs> Rage, heartbreak, sadness. <laughs> like, like, all in the same second. Yeah. It's yeah. really a, bo- a bombardment. <laughs> Thank you so much for chatting with us today. Of course. Thank you, Thank you for having us. And, and so glad we were able to make this day happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, it was so great to meet you over Skype, of course. <laughs> I've been listening yeah. to your a lot of your content, so it's nice to actually get to chat with you guys. So yeah, this is great. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll yeah. have to have our our show once we can peg down a, <laughs> a date. Yeah. Oh, that would be yeah, so fun. For sure. Yeah. We yeah, we like ta- we like talking about Shakespeare and yeah. And- <laughs> And and too, so. Oh my god. 
Shakespeare was one of my emphasis in, in uh, literature. So oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> we can just we can do a whole series on the Hollow nice. Crown. <laughs> English degrees. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Um, yeah. Make sure. Uh, we'll all make sure to check out um, Girls with Sabres on YouTube, you said, is your primary uh, way to find you guys. Yes. Perfect. Yep. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. Yeah. Thank Have you. Have a lovely night, everyone. It's Margaret Cho here to tell you about the highly anticipated new TV series, Kung Fu, Wednesday on The CW. Watch TV's newest butt-kicking Nikki Shen, a young Chinese-American whose trip to China becomes a three-year journey of self-discovery at the ancient Shaolin Monastery. But when tragedy strikes, she must return home to San Francisco, only to discover that her community is overrun with crime and that her own family is the target of a notorious triad. Nikki will use her next-level kung fu skills to protect her community. Catch the incredible series premiere of Kung Fu, Wednesday at 8, 7 central, or stream free next day only on The CW.